Welcome to Plato's Gravity. My name is Aaron. And I'm just, I, when, uh. That's too many non-words well, in a came row. Up, I came up with the idea that if you turn Plato, not Plato, but Plato. Right. Registered trademark. Do we uh, <laughs> Into things that are shaped like food, that you can eat it. That's incorrect. And I want to recommend that everyone go out and make Play-Doh food. You think Play-Doh.com is still available? What about Play-Doh's Gravity? Play-Doh. Play-Doh's Gravity. Is there a dash in that? I'm What's your name? Also Jason. Fantastic. And also probably don't. I actually don't recommend eating Play-Doh shaped food. What we do recommend <laughs> is starting every podcast that you record with a beer. And today we are doing just that. We are drinking a Hopsack uh, a Roostaller hop sack Roostaller. It's a wet hop ale. Sacramento. Uh, we have the 2013 version. First of all... Um, 2013. This might be the oldest beer. Uh, well, I, no. I guess we would have to go back to what Polling brought. Yeah, Polling brought us... Uh, that was a 2014. Okay. So maybe this is the oldest beer on the show. We, we would have to check. Well, uh, you can... Uh, we're not going to do shows. We're not going to do shows. 2013. So. I'm going to say without a doubt... This is one hundred percent the oldest beer on the show, and it wins. Uh, it, it wins. First of all, let's just start out packaging. It comes. It's called Hop Sack, and it comes. The bottle is wrapped in a sack, and it yeah. looks amazing. It's uh, old potato sack material. I guess you could also stick hops in there. Yeah, it could be a hop sack. Yeah, uh, and so so it packages really well. I was not so so. Jason brought this beer over today, and I was like, oh, it's a two thousand and thirteen hop forward beer. That's going to be n- not hoppy. Because uh, 2013 is five years ago, and I was like, well, hops, hops, but actually, quite surprised. Um, Good hop character. Very, very, and I think there's a there's an interesting bite that it has, which is probably because it's five years old. Um, so, but still, like, very interesting on the on the hops. Well, and I, I so if you go back and listen to the flat twelve episode, uh, when we're talking about Muncie, we start talking about friendly packaged liquors, which is a liquor store in. Muncie, Indiana, that has the best mix and match uh, selection ever. And I was actually up uh, in Muncie visiting family recently and decided, well, hell, I should stop back at the old Friendly Package, the place where my love of craft beer started. And that's where I found this beer. Nice. For like seven bucks. Um, It's a pint, I think. Yeah, it's a pint. I mean, I would drink like, I would drink more than one of these. Um, although I think I, I think it probably was better when it was younger. Well, and so I was a little worried because seven bucks for a 2013. I was I I didn't know what I was getting into. I knew nothing about it. The packaging kind of drew my eye in, and then it here was we are. very carbonated. Just uh, if you buy one of these, uh, careful when you open it. Very carbonated. Um, it wasn't a bomb. It wasn't a bomb, but it was uh, the uh, two ounce pour filled my ten ounce glass uh, quickly. There is some like interesting yeast characteristics to it too. Um, right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm for a beer for a 2013 beer that's only six percent ABV. Um, I, I think um, it, it has like a kind of like an orangey tang to it, which is weird, uh, which I wouldn't want to expect in it. But yeah, um, well, and it has Cascade, right? Okay, so that's fair enough. Yeah, um, but. And it has a lovely story. If you look on Untapped, it clearly is not a beer for everyone. No, three three point three stars on Untapped. But people are either four starring it or, or and one sorry, it. we decided those are sons. Oh, sorry, no, they're bottle caps. They are bottle sons. That people are ridiculous. either four bottle sunning it or one bottle sunning it. So you love it, you hate it. I like it a lot. 
I I think that again, it's a beer that's easy enough to drink. I could drink more of them, but it's not like if I had a, if I like there's many beers I would pick over it if there was selection. Yeah, I'm okay that there's just one bottle, but I'm also glad that I had the one bottle. Yeah, but if and you brought like three bottles over here and that's all we had to drink today, I'm not going to be like, damn it, Jason. I didn't. That's, Aaron, there's just one. That's yeah. Damn it, Jason. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, time traveling Tiny Tim listeners will know that it is March 10th, Mario Day. Oh, it's Mario Day. Yeah. Yay, yeah. Aaron. We might play Mario Monopoly later. You uh. Uh, you, uh, how's life? What's been going on with the show? Uh, the show has been going really well. Um, that seemed like a segue into something that we had pre-planned. It was not. Yeah, that was, this was, this was bad. No, we did a, uh, a, a sparge. We know how three of you love listening to the sparge. We did a sparge the other day about, um, white label beers. All right. And, uh, listener Brian gave us some great feedback. Brian is not in the beer industry, but he is Hello, in. Brian. An industry that uh, provides white label products to some grocery stores in his area, and he had some uh, some great insights uh, and answered some questions that we asked on the show, but didn't know the answer to. Uh, so we're not going to steal Brian's thunder. Uh, Brian is going to come uh, on the show on an upcoming sparge, I believe, uh, and we're going to talk more about white label beers. Uh, it probably will be the next sparge, but if not, so if uh, two weeks from today or one month from today, we'll have. Brian on the show to talk about uh, some of the reasons for white label, what white label beer might do to quality, at least from the experience he has in his non-beer industry. The fact that it's 2019 and we should just call it label beer. Okay. Why do we got to? Why do we got to bring color into this, Aaron? Um, <laughs> damn it, Jason! Like you, you did this. This is this is not my fault. So, you did this. But I want to talk today. The topic for our for our sparge that we that we want to talk about is is recipe creation. So I, I feel like our last couple of guests ha- have sort of inspired recreation. Me to think, to, no, not recreation. I don't want to try to make hops. No, that's recipe creation. That's me combining a word. Oh, sorry, Jason. <laughs> what would you find that? Would you find the activity of 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 recreating a recipe rec- recreational? Uh, well, it's a thing that I always worry we don't do enough, honestly. It, it not is iterating, and this is what I do a lot at work, right? So maybe it's just me, like, not being able to get out of work mode, but iterating on the same thing over and over again until you get the best. Really, uh, for the philosophy nerds out there, the platonic form of the recipe. What is the most recipeist recipe of the recipe? What is the chairness of the recipe? Yes. Uh, so I think well one of the reasons I don't iterate on recipes is because uh, snoozeville. Ain't you know, nobody got time for that. No, yeah. I, I like to brew interesting things. I like to brew new things, and I we brew you know six, seven, eight times a year when we're when we're going well, and you know and then I, the winter hits, and then we just and we talk don't brew to people about beer and, and we beer and start a beer podcast about a year ago, which reduces the number of times we brew because it increases the number of times we spend on beer podcasts. You know, I honestly I think the idea that we brew in the summer and then we mostly just drink beer in the winter is just us living life like the old people did. The people of yore. If you if you're familiar with time frames, there is a time frame called yore, and the people of yore would spend the good seasons brewing and then they would be drinking the beer the rest of the time they couldn't be brewing and i'm also making that. i'm just making that up i don't actually know if that's what people maybe people used to brew in the winter that sounds like a really hard thing well, to oh do. you brew in the you brew in the winter because of the lagering i think in some places well, I thought you would put you're stuff pouring in that it. you're pouring that wrong. Jason is, has forgotten the carbonation of the beer, and he's just free pouring into his it. It is so carbonated for a seven. Now, now eight. he just has all the foam. Okay, back on track. So, uh, in terms of recipe creation, I I think Jason, what I want to do, like I want to talk about like the recipes that we might brew coming up. Uh-huh. Um, 
And there might be some iteration coming up, but I think that that uh, a couple of our recent guests have inspired me to make a recipe without beer smith. <gasps> Garbage. What? What? That's Brad, like something you Brad be... Smith will not stand for this. Well, yeah, but I'm I'm afraid to do it, but I think it might be fun. I want to make an I want to make an app called Brad Smith where you just there are pieces of Brad Smith that you can like put together to make a whole Brad Smith. Um, you could do that. You're an app developer. <laughs> that would be a weird app. Um, but no, I think. But the thing is, when I think about doing a beer like that, I think, okay, what style would I make uh, where I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like I need to lean on on Beersmith? And first of all, I probably wouldn't be making a style because I wouldn't have a software to tell me when I was on. No, style. but you, I no, I think uh, there are some styles in in my mind that lend themselves to this. Well, I think malt forward for one because I feel like the the palate connection from the malt at the brew at the homebrew shop and the palate connection between the the, the hops at the brew house is much stronger. Like it's it's just easier for me to like if I taste a malt I feel like I have a sense of what it's going to do in the beer. Well, there is so there is that, and I I agree with that. But I think that also doing doing one doing a binary beer is probably the best way to go. Doing any kind of smash beer, especially if you use a really mild, uh, bland malt bill, so that it is. But. It is a thing that is easy to do and easy to not make awful. To well, make like a well, generic mean, you, pail of like a hop. You make a good point. Um, but I think, especially because you don't want to spend, you know, five hours uh, plus then some time to bottle and keg or whatever the hell you do. Yeah. And then end up with a beer you don't want to drink. Well, and also like the money factor. Um, right. If you're making a specialty beer that you have to dump out, like that's a lot more money than having to dump out a smash beer. But also, I feel like my motivation for trying to do it without Beersmith isn't, you know, to be lazy, spend less time making it, and then have a good beer. At the end of the day, it's to engage the creative process. Oh. So, and, and to be more, you know, kind of as a chef and less as a, a what numbers can I get these IBUs to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, you're not going necessarily... Well, okay, you can build up consistency over time making the same recipe without Beersmith. Or well, you can I, build up a better recipe. When I feel like, I, honestly, you would want to... If you're doing this, you'd almost need an iterative process because you're probably not going to get the amazingness unless you get lucky on the first go. Yeah. So I, I think a malt-forward beer, though, is what I would want to try. Like what? Are we talking dark? Like a specialty malt? Like, like what a, are you mixing in there? No, like a, like a, like a dunkel where, where like the... Gesundheit. Oh. Uh, where the the malt is really important to the character of the beer, um, where you're going to add hops, but the hops are really just there for bitterness. So you just need to kind of you know put those in at the 60 minute level, and you're not going to do any any end of the end of the deal, end of the beer hopping. Mm. End of the beer hopping. That's a technical term I made up. End of the beer hopping. Yeah, yeah. What I mean is no Indo hopping, no late hops or whirlpool hops or dry hops. The terminal hops. End of the beer hopping refers terminal collectively hoppage. to any hops put in after after fifteen minutes in the boil, for the rest of the beer creation time. Do you know what the study of the end of things is? Uh, I do. Not. Tele, tele, teleology? Oh, teleology. I remember because it was like telophase is, uh, is uh, the last phase in like cell reproduction in oh. biology. In oh, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, on a, a slightly more related note to what we're talking about, I actually think uh, this year is the year I'm going to make some mead. You're going to make... Okay, okay. Uh, nice. I've, I've gone as far right now to... I've joined a subreddit. 
Oh, it's nice. I know. I've been reading about it. And uh, honestly, so maybe people, uh, listeners out there, if you're on the uh, mead subreddit, um, the mead making subreddit, uh, I don't see a lot of people talking in the mead brewing. Do you call it brewing? Um, I think it's mead making. I that's an interesting question. First off, let me know because you don't you don't brewing. I think specifically refers to. By the way, if we're wrong, you should hit us up on the socials at yeah. Plato's Gravity. All the places: uh, Twitter, Instagram, Untapped, Facebook slash Plato's Gravity, uh, podcast at Plato's Gravity dot com, Pornhub that at is YouTube in, dot incorrect sperm. It will not be there. That's um, also not a website. No, I would. Uh, I don't see a lot of people. But I think. Well, I was going to say I think brewing refers to the heating. Like the 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 special like the 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 matching and the boiling part. Where well, that's kind of interesting. Is like honey's already sugar. Yeah. Well, not only is it sugar, it's um, stable sugar. Right. Like it is uh, the only. This is weird. So I spent a day as a beekeeper. A day as how did you do this? I just have a, well. This is why I kind of want to make meat. Is I have a friend who keeps bees, and uh, they always have so much honey. And I'm like, well, are you going to use their honey? I'm going to try to, yeah. That's um, badass. Are you going to wild ferment? Well, I don't know. So this is the interesting thing about honey is it's naturally um, shelf-stable. Right. So like you don't have to add anything to preserve it. It's naturally preserved. That's when the bees know that the honey's ready to go. Like it's done. We can stick a little bee in there. Is They've removed en- enough water content is out of it that stuff can't grow in there. Right. Um. But I so you don't have to necessarily boil it. You probably still will just to get everything in solution. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'm getting there. Uh, here in a couple months, I'll probably start going down that road. But I don't see a lot of people talking about salts when we're talking about making mead. Mm. And I'm curious like if that how is... How water profile affects mead making. Yeah, and I'm curious if that's by virtue of what honey is, the fact that there is uh, a minerality to it and a, a vitaminality. A vitamin. <laughs> to make up another word. Um, yeah, I, yeah I have no idea. I, I'm, I, and this is one of the reasons I want to do it, is I'm, I'm super curious about the process. Because I know, at this point, the science behind making beer and getting sugar out of grains to make beer i get that i've read a book or so, two so but here's the fun question because one of the things um i i looked at making mead uh last year and i didn't do like it. a yeti uh i that's what was my inspiration but i, like I, I just Viking, didn't find time actually. for it but here's the the question i have is are you like the as many strains of beer yeast as are available to uh, a home brewer commercially yeah. There's so few mead strains available to homebrewers commercially, so I think it'd be cool to even if you um, like split it and did a commercial yeast strain. But it'd be really fun to uh, go back and listen to our uh, brew like a yeti episode with Jeremy Zimmerman and figure out how to wild uh, wild ferment part of your honey. I actually I super like that idea. Um, was that the episode? Uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to remember if it was Zimmerman or if it was uh, someone around that time because we were talking about Zimmerman where. Uh, they were talking about like just dangling an apple. Yeah, no, that's Zimmerman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and just like microscopic yeast just falling off the apple. Yeah, or grapes. I think he, I think grapes was the example he used. Maybe. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent down with that because one, it seems dumb and magical and silly, and I think that's the best. Where like science is happening and it looks like dumb, stupid magic. Yeah, I think is awesome. I think we'll go back and listen to that episode, and Jason's gonna make some mead, and I'm gonna make a a dunkel without beersmith. I'll let you guys know how it goes. 
Um, and it's not actually going to be a dunkel. It's going to be a malt forward beer with some darker malts and some hops. But I don't know where it's, it's, it's going to be. The, it's going to be my style. And you know, just because uh, like I have a job and you know life is life. Uh, check in late 2019 for the uh, your new favorite app, Brad Smith. <laughs> Late 2019, Brad late 20, Smith, the Coming app. to you late 2019, Brad Smith. Make your own. Brad, on the off chance that you're, that you're listening, there could be some licensing opportunities here for you. Yeah. Just uh, reach out to us. I'm also only going to allow you to use uh, cargo pants. Oh, very yeah. nice. Uh, next week on the uh, show, we have a really awesome uh, show coming up next week. We interviewed the two owners of Crazian Brewing in Brookston, Indiana. So make sure to tune in next week. Thank you for listening to us muse about recipes, beer, and the times of yore today. Uh, yes, you want to reach out to us? There's yore. As previously mentioned, you can reach out to us at Plato's Gravity on all the social media outlets. Uh, thanks again for listening to the show. Have a great week. In the meantime, wild ferment some meat. Bruce beer. Bruce beer.